The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Astrology reveals insights into the greater world, its changing cycles and universal forces. Through the lens of astrology, we examine special topics and current events, investigate their meaning, and discuss solutions to personal and global problems. Welcome to Astrology, the theory of everything, with Mary Jo Weavers and Janie McCarthy. We're here to show you how astrology can be a powerful tool for self-awareness and transformation. You'll be amazed how everything is interconnected when using astrology. Now, here are your hosts, Mary Jo and Janie. Welcome. I am Mary Jo Weavers. We are recording this show soon after the summer solstice, when the sun enters the sign of Cancer, the first water sign of the zodiac. Cancer rules our youngest and most fundamental feelings and sensitivities, which are imprinted during our early years. Cancer rules our unconscious emotional memory, our pre-verbal intuition and intelligence, and our private inner experience of life. Our bodies are containers for our emotions. Yet, in our culture, emotions are often considered secondary or unimportant. We ignore them, even deny and suppress them. However, they are an important part of our human experience, and they are the source of, or give rise, to our unconscious automatic responses and behaviors. With me today to discuss emotions is Patricia Kendall, Ph.D. Pat is a psychotherapist, accredited journey practitioner, and licensed spiritual health coach with a private practice in Fort Collins, Colorado. I have had the great privilege of learning about emotions through Pat, and I am delighted to have her on this show. Welcome, Pat. Thank you, Mary Jo. I am just as delighted to be here. It is wonderful to spend time with you and with the listeners. Wonderful. Great. Well, I'd like to begin our conversation by asking you, what are emotions How do you define or describe them? Emotions can be described in two different ways, I'd say, Mary Jo. Um, If you split the word up and separate the E out, you get E-motion, and they are energy in motion. You can certainly feel that energy. They're also the conscious experience of certain chemicals that get stimulated and then run through our body. So when adrenaline is running through the body, we might be experiencing anger. We might be experiencing fear. We might be experiencing other emotions, grief, other things. Any way you look at it, the emotions 
are a vital part of our own experience. Uh, without emotion, we would have, well, it's rather like a commercial that some of you might have seen lately uh, for a pharmaceutical, I believe, where they have a woman walking through a world that seems to be made entirely of white paper cutouts. Everything is two-dimensional, and it's all just white. Yes, and I've seen it's that. our emotions <laughs> that give color to life, and um, they give they give meaning to our life. They're our personal uh, take on what's going on out there. Without emotion, there wouldn't be very much out there for us in our world. I believe they're a major reason why we decided to come into form on this planet in order to experience the ups and the downs of emotions. And uh, it's a good thing that at, at heart, in our deepest soul, we really wish to feel emotions because feeling emotions isn't an option, is it? We're wired to experience emotions. The question is whether or not we're going to feel them consciously or whether we've had some rough experiences in the past and we may have stuffed a lot of them down. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes, <clears throat> life would be very drab with, without emotions because they, they certainly give substance and personal meaning to our life experiences. They're uh, our personal feedback. They're, our emotions can be very personal even though emotions themselves are universal to our human condition. Yes, I would agree completely. And um, it's an interesting thing about what we do with emotions. Because for thousands of years now, we have thought, especially in the Western world, that there are only two things that you can do with an emotion. You can sit on it, or you can splatter it out there uh, over other people. And if it is what most people would consider a positive emotion, joy and so on, uh, you can send it out there and people will bask in it and enjoy it. But if it's one of those others, especially if it's one of what I call the big three or any of their relatives, that would be anger, fear, sadness, Any one of the big three being splattered out there is likely uh, to create some very unpleasant feedback and often get the splatterer into trouble. And at that point, many of us decide, perhaps very young in life, uh, very early in life, we decide that it uh, doesn't work to express our emotions, so we are going to stuff them. And we start Mm. sitting on them and stuffing them down. There is, however, a third option, and a great deal of the work I do is based on that third option, which is simply to feel the emotion, simply to feel it internally, and if it is felt fully and healthily, a fully felt emotion without any kind of mental story, and maybe we can come back to that in a minute if you like. Mm-hmm. An emotion goes through the body, all those chemicals come up and they rise up and they rise up and they rise up and they reach a certain peak 
in the bloodstream, just like a wave coming up. It peaks, right? And Mm -hmm. then it will start to go down. And what makes that wave go down in us is that when there's a sufficient concentration of any of the hormones that are creating emotions, adrenaline's the most common one, but there are so many others, when it gets to a particular level in the body, a threshold level, the good old adrenal cortex says, aha, that's enough to get him or her going, doing whatever they need to do. Now we're going to flush that out, and it sends cortisone and other peacekeeping hormones uh, (laughs) out and takes all that out of the bloodstream, flushes it out through the kidneys, through the sweat glands, and so on. And that whole process takes much less time than I just took to describe it. It takes, are you ready for this, 7 to 10 seconds for a fully, healthily felt emotion to move through the body. The problem is that none of us were ever taught how just to open and fully, healthily feel an emotion. There is something else that gets in the way. Mm-hmm. And that would be what I mentioned a moment ago, stories we tell ourselves. Because the mind gets very anxious sometimes when an emotion starts to build and it needs a reason for why this is happening and it starts to look around for a reason. Oh, I'm feeling anger. Oh, here it is. Here it is. Oh, my goodness. What am I going to do with this? Oh, I know. It's him. I'm going to tell a story about him. It's what he did. And the interesting thing is you cannot fully feel and attend to a thought at the same time. So when you've got a story going on, it pushes the wave just down below the peak. It kind of keeps it on a simmer, as it were, mm-hmm. and it never gets to that threshold, never gets flushed out of the body, and it just sits there. I mean, when was the last time that most of us had a feeling that only lasted 7 to 10 seconds? Most of them last a lot longer than that, don't they? Right. Especially the ones we just assumed would last. Yes, and I think also in our culture, we really value our minds, and we're very action-oriented, and so um, our our approach to life in, in this culture can be described as being very yang or masculine, and astrologically speaking, we value those externally directed air and fire signs. Um, the ones that, uh, you know, push that energy out where we splatter whatever we're feeling externally or we use the air signs to tell ourselves stories, to en- engage and entertain or use our, our minds. Um, yet, yet I, for me as an astrologer, our bodies with their emotions um, can process information much faster than our minds, don't they? Can, can you tell us about that? Yes, there's been research done uh, that shows that the mind can take in and process about 4,000 bits of information per second. Well, that sounds like quite a lot, except mm-hmm. when you find out how much the body and the other-than-conscious parts of us can process in a second. Would you care to hazard a guess? Oh, gosh, I I couldn't even begin to guess. (laughs) 
somewhere between one and two billion oh my bits goodness. of information are processed every single second by various aspects of us that are constantly uh, interacting with our environment, outer environment, inner environment, uh, all of it, both physical and energetic, and that is a heck of a lot more information than 4,000 bits a second. So in terms of actually uh, acquiring useful experience from our environment, listening to the body is completely vital. And if we're going to be listening to the body, then it is a very good thing to be open to experiencing our emotions. Because, of course, the other option we haven't talked about, we talked about the splattering, but the other one is the stuffing, when we discover that splattering doesn't work. And that mm-hmm. can happen at a very early age, because kids kids don't know how to feel an emotion without expressing it out there. It's going to go out there. Mm-hmm. But let's say that, you know, you're four years old, and it's um, a hot summer day. Mm-hmm. And you've just been handed a lovely double scoop chocolate ice cream, but you're only four years old, and your balance isn't all that great, and you juggle the thing, and plop, down it goes onto the sidewalk. And immediately your whole system mobilizes in order to express your extreme displeasure with this event, and so you get adrenaline coming up, and it's saying, all right, fists, clench, mouth, Open, eyes, screw up and press on those tear ducts because we're going to be crying here. Take a deep breath in and maybe feet get ready to kick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and all this is happening and you are ready to express the anger you feel. However, maybe at that moment you hear a voice that says, Kid, one sound out of you and I'll give you something to cry about. Or maybe it's a gentler voice that says, Oh, honey, please don't cry. I'm sorry you lost your ice cream. I'm go- I'll get you another one. Just don't cry. Please don't cry. And either way, whether it's a threat or a bribe, we get the message. This feeling I'm having is not okay. And so we take that feeling and stuff it into the nearest cells. The cell receptors are ready and waiting to receive that stuff. And that stuff goes in till further notice. It's swept out of the bloodstream. It didn't have a chance to get swept out by the adrenal cortex, so something had to happen. Except Mm -hmm. that further notice never comes. Then the stuff just sits there, and it sits in the cells, and it sits in the cells, and maybe 10 years go by, 20 years go by, maybe 30 years go by. And all that anger that we didn't let ourselves feel back age four. Mm -hmm. It's just sitting there until one day, maybe it's a Friday afternoon and you'd plan to go for a picnic with your family and you'd ask your boss for a couple of hours uh, off from 3 o'clock on and at 2.55 your boss comes in and says, you know that big contract? Well, it's the, the due date has been moved up from Wednesday to Monday, and I am so sorry, Mary Jo. I am going to have to ask you to stay. Mm. And we may even be putting in some overtime. And normally you kind of go, oh, too bad, you know, and it wouldn't be that big a deal. But this particular time, 
your boss happens to be wearing the same color of red blouse as your mother was wearing back when you were four in an incident you have completely forgotten. And the air conditioning has gone a little crazy, so it's warmer than usual in the office, and it's actually kind of duplicating the temperature that was there on that day. And what's more, the office window is open, and there is an old rattletrap truck going by that sounds just like the old rattletrap truck that went by as you were dropping your ice cream cone that you were not even conscious of hearing at the time. But it all that data went in, went into the cells, and then all these conditions being duplicated, that emotion is triggered. It comes up out mm-hmm. of the cells. You've got no idea that's happening. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, instead of just feeling disappointment, you are enraged. And you would like to kick something, hit somebody, strangle your boss, strangle the client. There's just all this rage. And what are you going to do with it? And most people, being civilized people, will promptly stuff that back down inside. Right. Not a clue yeah. why it's there. And later you come to and say, what was that about? And yeah. many people feel that that kind of emotional triggering is responsible for well over 90%, some people say over 99% of the strong negative reactions we get to supposedly we're having the reaction to an event that's out mm-hmm. there. But actually mm-hmm. it is stored stuff coming up from the cells and the mind takes that and makes a story. Mm-hmm. So that it won't get out of control because, you know, you've got some world-destroying rage in there. It's not a good idea to let it out. So the right. mind starts to try to cope with it by telling a story and you spin the story and spin it and spin it. And that way the anger can turn into just a, a resentment or a grudge or something that you hold for weeks or months. Yeah. Not a fun experience. Not at all. And so that, that's a wonderful example of how instead of staying in the body and allowing the watery emotions to flow and just uh, make it more of an internal experience and allowing ourselves to feel it, uh, which in astrology would be the, the signs, the feminine yin signs of earth and water, um, we instead go, go to the yang way of, of coping with it. However, if, if we could uh, honor that emotional intelligence, if we could use our intuition and just allow those feelings to move, um, this fluidity and receptivity that is so much a part of the sign of cancer are qualities that can really help us have a fuller human experience. And I like to um, refer to that fluidity and receptivity as emotional intelligence. Yes, yes, indeed. And exercising emotional intelligence is a, um, I think it is, in the times we live in now, it's an absolutely essential skill for us to, shall we say, redevelop. I think there was a time before there was so much yang energy in our society Mm -hmm. uh, that uh, we did have a great measure more of that intelligence. 
However, it's been lost over the centuries, maybe the millennia. Mm-hmm. And there are some tools that are beginning to be um, rediscovered, shall we say. Uh, for instance, um, you can use some quite uh, cancerian energy uh, and imagery to help you feel those emotions. If when you become aware that, oh my goodness, listen to me talking about that situation. Listen to (laughs) me telling a story. Oh, look at that. That's my he done me wrong story. Right, (laughs) And I'm familiar with it. I just use a different person for he each time or something. Uh, When you start stepping back and being aware, because that's the first thing, to learn to notice your stories when they start to spin. And then... Imagining that that story is just sort of spinning out of your head somewhere. Uh, Mine tend to come out of my right temple, I've noticed, (laughs) for whatever reason. And imagine that in your hand you have a pair of golden scissors. And you just take that story and snip it off right next to your head. And then you immediately turn your attention to the body. And you notice what. You're feeling there because then the feeling will be just there in its pure form. And then I love to use some beautiful water imagery so that it can flow. And for me, I am aware of an ocean and there's a wave rising up. And I'm observing this and encompassing it. I'm sort of like the the sky that's here. I'm an... <laughs> Gemini, air sign, so for me the sky works. But, um, and I allow this wave to come up and invite it and embrace it, and I'm feeling it come up in my body like a wave, all the way up, all the way up, all the way up. And about now I'd be feeling it peak and start to go down, and when it does, I dive. I dive into it, and I experience myself moving right into the very heart of this wave of emotion. And as it dies down and I start to feel my body relax, I experience the wave spreading back out into the ocean that gave it birth. And so do I, my awareness, my consciousness, gets to spread out into the ocean of my being and just be, just relax. And it turns out that that is a lovely, quiet, calm, peaceful, often love-filled, joyful state that is our reward for just feeling a feeling and letting it move through. And most people have no idea that that state is even available because we don't get past the fact that the emotion is here and we're suppressing it and it is just bubbling there. Right. Yes. And um, as we uh, referred to previously, we we have these cultural or familial and, and even personal beliefs and judgments about specific emotions and some of them we label as good and others as bad 
And like you were saying, we might want some of them like happiness in our life and others like that anger that you were describing so well to go away. Um, And so, you know, is this possible? Can we be selective about our emotions? I know I have a lot of clients that say, you know, I I don't want to have this fear in my life. I don't want to feel that anymore. Um, I want to change that. But is that really true? Is that possible? My experience, Mary Jo, is that it is not possible. And that's been the experience of my clients, too, because... um, to change the image for a minute, you might say that our entire range of emotions is sort of like an accordion. Uh, you can pull up on one side of an accordion and the other side will expand too. If you push down on it, say we want to push down on our fear, our anger, and so on, then the other side will also collapse. And all you'll be able to experience, instead of experiencing joy and deep love and peace and uh, all those wonderful feelings that we all yearn for, you'll have to be content with something like, oh, yeah, I'm feeling okay. Yeah, it's all right. Yeah, I'm a little calmer. Because you'll only be able to experience that narrow band on either side of just (laughs) neutral. Uh, Yes, you may only be experiencing, let's say, ongoing anxiety instead of full-on fear or Mm -hmm. maybe a lot of irritation um, instead of anger. But the price you're going to pay is you won't be able to access those beautiful emotions either. That's a wonderful analogy. I, I love that accordion imagery that 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 feels so true to me. Well, that's great. Let's um, let's take a short break now. And uh, when we come back, we will be continuing our conversation with Pat Kendall about emotions and emotional intelligence. And Pat will be sharing some more tips and skills we can develop. So stay tuned. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Janie McCarthy loves being a professional astrologer. Her academic pursuits in consciousness exploration, negotiations, and relationship transformation have been critical to helping her clients integrate their material and spiritual worlds. She is known for her ability to simplify and articulate even the most complex concepts to trigger aha moments of pure, meaningful, and lasting clarity. Janie is available for booking presentations, workshops, and client consultations and can be contacted at JanieMcCarthy.com. Mary Jo Weavers is a licensed spiritual health coach specializing in soul personality integration, a certified karmic astrologer. Mary Jo uses the symbolic language of astrology to help her clients understand themselves and their life experiences from a deeper spiritual perspective. Mary Jo can help you gain clarity about your life purpose, relationship dynamics, and how to live your life more effectively. She is available for astrological consultations in person, by phone, and Skype. Check out our website at MaryJoWeavers.com. 
Invite meaning and inspiration to your life. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You are listening to Astrology, the theory of everything. To reach the hosts or the guests today, you may send an email to astrotalkradio at icloud.com or find us on Facebook at astrotalkradio. You can email Janie McCarthy through her website, janiemccarthy.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. This is Mary Jo Weavers. I'm having a conversation today with psychotherapist Pat Kendall. And before the break, we were talking about emotions, emotional triggers, and the ways that emotions operate inside of our bodies. And so, Pat, it seems like suppressed emotions. You talked about that wonderful example of that anger in the four-year-old being stuffed back down into their body. It seems to me that that can't be very healthy for the cell's and tissues in the body. Tell us how important emotions and experiencing emotions naturally are for our physical health and well-being. My goodness, Mary Jo, they are just about all important. Uh, If we really knew how much effect stuffed emotions had on the body, I think we would be uh, lining up to find whatever tools we could to enable ourselves to experience our emotions in a fuller, healthier way and really learn to embrace them and befriend them. Because um, you remember we talked about when all these chemicals rise up in the body, providing the intensity that our mind, our awareness interprets as a feeling, an emotion, Mm -hmm. And when it gets stuffed, it has to go somewhere, so it goes into the cells, into the cell receptors. Well, this is an emergency use of our cell receptors. That's not what they're supposed to be doing. What they're supposed to be doing is keeping each and every cell in communication with the body via various chemicals that float along through the bloodstream and are absorbed, provide their information, and then they leave and then more messages come from the body and there is, guess what, a flow uh, through the body there and that flow is completely interrupted if a cell has had its cell receptors plugged by a whole bunch of emotional chemicals and emotional energy that's going to sit down, uh, sit there uh, for, for practically forever. Mm-hmm. Well, what you have then is a cell that is out of communication, out of contact with the body, and is not receiving instructions. And what's going to happen to that cell? Well, it's probably going to turn into some kind of a rogue cell. Does that ring any bells? Mm, it certainly <laughs> cells does. Cells in the body. I think we kind of know where that some of that can end up. Well, if you've got a few hundred cells like that in, say, your liver, no big deal. But over time, because emotions seem to get scarier and scarier for most people to experience, 
we stuff more and more and more of them in there. And the interesting fact is that wherever we first began stuffing our emotions tends to act as a sort of magnet to attract more stuffing in that same general area. So pretty soon maybe the liver has hundreds of thousands or millions of cells that are stuffed full of emotion chemicals and emotional energy patterns Hmm. and not available to the body. And so you can imagine you wouldn't have a very healthy liver under those circumstances and substitute any other organ of the body uh, and you can see where a great many physical conditions might have their point of origin in an emotional state, emotional business that never got finished, never got completed. Right. Yes, it makes sense that if those cell receptors in those tissues, say in in the liver, as you're describing, um, are locked down, then they're not communicating with the rest of the body in healthy ways to promote good liver function or to help with the healthy function of other uh, organs or systems. Right. Exactly. So, to me, healthily feeling a feeling is um, a big, big favor we can do for our body. Mm -hmm. And um, my guess is that it increases not only our well-being, but our lifespan. That's a guess on my part. It's a fairly educated guess. Right. Mm -hmm. There's another really, really good reason that is more of a psychological one for learning to feel our emotions fully. And that is that An emotion fully felt rushes through the body as an intensity that we feel physically and we feel it in consciousness. And if it can be gone in 7 to 10 seconds, it's done. If we are telling an unpleasant story Mm -hmm. in order to try to keep that emotion down to a dull roar somehow... um, then that can go on and on and on and get built on and built on and built on. And pretty soon we've got stories about how people are doing us wrong, about how uh, we are always the victim, about how we get blocked and frustrated, how, about how scared we are. And, and uh, then there's the what-if stories, you know. What, uh, what if this might happen, that might happen to explain our fears, and so on and so on and so on. And... These stories don't just create pain. They create that ongoing experience called suffering. Mm. And, you know, there's a Buddhist saying that we always have pain with us. But suffering is optional. And the fact is, we're always going to have moments of intensity that may create something that we interpret as pain, briefly. Mm -hmm. But... The suffering caused by our stories is optional. And my experience is that the experience of suffering is always accompanied by a story. Even if the story is a very simple one, like, I can't stand this, I can't bear this a second longer, I don't know what I'm going to do about this, this is just too much for me, I'm overwhelmed. A story like that 
Yes, that reminds me of a wonderful quote by Pema Chaudhran. Uh, She says, it isn't the things that are happening to us that cause us to suffer. It's what we say to ourselves about the things that are happening. And and that's exactly what you're saying, Pat, is it's these stories that prolong perhaps the uh, chemical reaction, the adrenaline, uh, whatever we're experiencing in the body that's related to emotions. It's the stories um, spin that process out of control or even um, bring up the the chemical reactions in the body, even though the actual experience is not happening in the present time in our life. Yes, it would be very interesting uh, if we could have somebody just taking notes somewhere uh, of our experience to notice how many times emotional pain and suffering are being created by something that's going on right now compared to the, I think, probably astronomical number of times when we are creating pain and suffering because of the story that is repeating itself inside. And as you said, the event is not even going on right now. Right. Well, I can think of an example that happened to me when you were talking about adrenaline surging through the body. I was in a car accident a little over a year ago. And um, at the time, I, I remember in the split second after it happened, after the impact, feeling my heart racing and feeling that surge of adrenaline coursing through my body and not being able to um, perhaps think clearly uh, because my body was in that charged up state. Um, And it, it took a little while, I think, for that adrenaline to finish doing its its thing in my body and for me to calm down and then take the necessary actions I needed to do. Um, I also, because of my training, you know, with you as, as a journey practitioner, I knew that it was important for me later on in that day, I, I took some time um, to just allow myself to sit with with myself and whatever feelings would be arising, whatever emotions I felt about the experience or about the other person involved in the accident or the loss of my car, to just feel it. And um, I noticed that I didn't have a need to spin stories about it a week or two or three or later, you know, when people would ask me about it. Um, it would have been uh, not helpful for me to continue making up stories about what happened or why it happened or uh, who was at fault or all those sorts of things that we tend to do sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a beautiful example, Mary Jo. I love the fact that you were able to do that and especially in an experience of very high intensity being suddenly crashed into like that is such a jolt to the body, but also to the mind, and uh, it will get things really, really moving. And the fact that you were able to experience them is beautiful, and you had some decisions that had to be made. Ideally, it would be wonderful if every time uh, something like that happened, we could just Feel the feeling, let it come fully up like that wave, 
and let it go down and then be in a calm, still space as that wave goes back into the ocean because that's where the calmest, clearest decisions can be made after you've fully felt the feeling and let it die down. But, of course, that's not always possible. And you mentioned that you were able to take some time later and fully feel that emotion. And one little um, tool that our listeners might be able to use, if they'd like, is if something like that happens and there's a lot of emotion there and you simply cannot take the time to feel it right now, there is somebody there with a notebook and needs your insurance information and maybe, you know, the police are coming or you have injuries to tend to or whatever it might be or any situation uh, where you simply cannot right now. Make a, an internal promise to the body that within 24 hours, preferably, because that works well with the body's cycles, within 24 hours, you will take some time to feel that feeling. And then follow up on that promise. Will it be as strong as when you're actually in the moment? Probably not. But if you simply open to it with no mental story, no words going on, just, okay, I'm ready to feel that fear now. Ooh, here it is. And then it's possible that underneath that you'll feel some anger and you go, okay, I'm ready to feel that too. Okay, here it is. And down it goes. Oh, and there's the sadness about losing my car. Okay, let that wave come too. And we just do that. Then, as you said, Mary Jo, there's no unfinished business there. So the emotional charge that was sitting, that would have been sitting in the cells has been completely let go of, dissipated. And so it's not going to be spinning any stories. There's going to be only, yes, I had an accident, and yes, this happened, and that happened, and it is over. So we get to live here, now. And that is when life has its beauty and its color, isn't it? That is when all of that... Uh, uh, the, all those white paper cutouts really come forward in <laughs> full, all-dimensional experience, and uh, we get a full-on palette of all of the colors of life. And it is indeed the emotions and our ability to be here now, experiencing that flow, moving with that current as it comes. It's that ability that provides our full-on experience of life. Right. I love the uh, watery um, image of uh, floating down a river. Uh, To me, that's very Cancerian. And um, being able to flow with and move with the current and um, perhaps to uh, find ways to flow around those rocks or those obstacles in life and not get caught up or hung up on them uh, as we're, we're journeying down our river in life. Yes, and the extraordinary thing that you and I have both had experience of learning is that the more we trust that current to take us, even around the rock, after all, the water flows around the rocks, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. And 
it, the more we just dip in and or when we really need to, and then let the current take us the rest of the time. Just open into that, into that full trust of this current of life, and our bodies and our emotions will guide us very clearly with that. The less we're trying to roll uh, tremendously uh, hard counter <laughs> to the current, then the less bashed around we're going to get. Right. <laughs> life. We're going to move with the current of life, and I believe it's the Cancerian energy that helps us do that. Yes. Well, I also wanted to bring up another point that has occurred to me over the years as an astrologer working with the energy of cancer, um, because we've been speaking so much about the mind and and the many ways that the mind can get in the way or impede our ability to connect with our emotional intelligence. And the point I wanted to talk about is that the sign of cancer is in an aspect or that's a relationship to the sign of Aquarius in astrology, uh, Aquarius being an intellectual air sign. And this relationship or aspect between those two signs requires some sort of an attitude adjustment in order to honor and appreciate and use both of them. And the way that I see it, we can use the energy of Aquarius, the intellectual thinking process, to create emotional detachment, which enables us to dispassionately, rationally observe what's going on in our current moment. And I think that that's an important um place for us to be sometimes so if we can be be the Aquarian observer and note whatever emotion or feeling is arising in the body and acknowledge it without reacting to it spontaneously um, then we can consciously choose our response from a more rational Aquarian place once we allow ourselves to feel the Cancerian emotion I would agree entirely. Um, I believe that that uh, more detached observer that is represented by Aquarian energy uh, is perhaps the the one that embraces, that opens a wide open space for the emotion to come up and go and then says, okay, now, what action might be needed here? Is any action needed here? Uh, and to get that to get that space, my experience is that the most effective tool that Aquarius has to offer into that field of emotion to balance it is the tool of noticing. Mm. noticing what's going on in the body. And in order to do that, we may have to notice what is blocking our awareness of what's going on in the body, and that is the stories we may be telling. And the Aquarian energy is capable of stepping back and saying, oh, look, there is my poor me story. Mm -hmm. (laughs) There is my what-if story. 
there yeah. is my I'm a horrible person story. There, you know, whatever <laughs> it is. And uh, noticing those, then stepping back and saying, okay, got a story going. You can use the scissors to snip it off or whatever imagery you want or just step back out of it and say, what I really would like to be noticing right now is this feeling and just embracing it, letting it come up. Because Aquarius knows that emotions are not good, not bad. They're neutral. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And so let them come up. It's just a feeling of intensity in the body. Let that intensity happen, and it can actually feel very good because you are fully allowing it internally without having to express it externally. You're mm-hmm. fully allowing it to come up. And so it's not being pushed and, and, and pulled and constricted and forced in any way. And it is that pushing and pulling and constricting and forcing that I believe creates a great deal of the uh, 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 pain kind of stuff that we experience with emotions. When it just comes through, I don't know what your experience is, Mary Jo. Mine is that I can feel full-on towering rage for a few seconds. It comes, Mm -hmm. it's gone, Mm -hmm. and there's no story to it. Oh, I'm feeling rage. I'm going to feel it. Here it is, and let it come. Or terror, or some of these emotions that most of us shy away from. And it's because we have not had a fully healthy experience of just letting them whoosh through unimpeded. Yes. When we get to do that, then we have space. The emotions want space. They want inner space. They don't require outer space, really. And we've tended to think that they were going to have to express themselves out there unless we shoved them down. Not true. I think that's a very, very, very important point. Um, I know years ago there were different types of therapy, for example, primal scream therapy, where people took their emotions and splattered them out, as as you put so eloquently. Um, (laughs) But the sign of cancer, the watery emotion, is an internal inner directed experience and as you say if we can just take those seven to ten seconds and just allow ourselves to feel it it's not about um directing it outwards in a dramatic or forceful way it's about feeling it in our internal space uh, allowing our body to communicate to us through its emotions uh, what what its comments are in that moment of life that we're in right now. Exactly. It's our commentary on life. And is it not our particular uh, take on life, our perspective on life, that makes us the beautiful individual parts of creation that we are? We are our particular contribution to the whole because of our personal viewpoint and commentary, I love that word, mm-hmm. on life. And it is our emotions that provide the color to that commentary. Yes, absolutely. And having said that, how personal 
our emotions can be. Um, I wanted to bring up one more point that I find so fascinating. Um, The sign of cancer also rules our families and our ancestry and genetic legacy. And recent science, specifically in epigenetics, is showing that physiological traits, including susceptibility to, say, specific illnesses, can be passed down through generations. And I wanted to ask you, just take a a few minutes here, the remaining time we have, what about emotions? Are strong emotional imprints that you've described passed down through our family line, do you think? My experience is yes, they are. One of the things that I do with clients when we go into our inner world and are completing some unfinished business, for instance, the person may um, have accessed an old memory on an internal uh, video screen, as it were, and they've gone through, they may or may not have remembered that memory consciously, but... Um, certainly the other than conscious aspects of them that are connected with the, with the cells can bring that memory up for review, and we can do that. And they've gone through that memory, and let's say they are a small child and uh, mother was really quite angry. She was probably having a really rough day, and she was angry way out of proportion to whatever it is the child had done. And... Uh, We look at that, and then I say, now let's put a special filter on that, shall we? And let's look at it again, and I'd like you to see the energy. What is going on here? And very often you will see that there is a link, DNA to DNA, through which mother's anger energy is being transmitted into the child. The child will see that. They will see mother's anger as as spears, arrows, whatever, going straight to the child. And because uh, the child has no way to protect against that energy or no awareness mm-hmm. that it's happening, that mm-hmm. that gets adopted. It gets adopted yes. Yes. by the DNA. DNA uh, has some interesting properties that, that are related to quantum mechanics. And unfortunately, we don't have the time to get into the wonderful science about that right now, Pat. But this is a fascinating, fascinating subject. And emotions are just so important in our in our lives. And um, we are coming to the end of our show today. And I wanted to let our listeners know that they can connect with you and find more about your consultation services and products at your website, lifepathconsulting.com. And thank you so much, Pat. It's been an honor and a real joy to have you on the show and talk about emotions with me. Thank you so very much for taking the time to be with us. The honor's been mine, Mary Jo. Thank you. And thank you, listeners, for joining us today on Astrology, the Theory of Everything. I would like to leave you with a quote from the Dutch philosopher Spinoza that I think is very appropriate for the sign of cancer. The more clearly you understand yourself and your emotions, the more you become a lover of what is. Check out our Facebook page at Astro Talk Radio for information about this and other shows. Link up with me on LinkedIn, and we can continue our conversations about astrology on Twitter with hashtag AstroTalkRadio. Radio. 
Thank you for being part of the show today. Please join Janie McCarthy and Mary Jo Weavers again next month for another edition of Astrology, the Theory of Everything. You can listen to all our shows on the Voice America 7th Wave channel. May the stars be with you. 